3: Hey, 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 everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Can We Please Talk podcast. As always, I'm Mike Leon. And back in a stylish hoodie, I'm Nick Sperry. I mean, the guy's switching up from blazers to hoodies. i tell you what, though, Nick, you you know, I gave you a C grade last time, you know, C plus today, you know, if I was grading on a scale here. So a slight bump to a 79, I think that is a C plus. I haven't been to school in a while. You know, it's what's well, funny, man. I was getting hit up by the
2: men
1: and blazers podcast. They're like, yo, man, like we we got that corner <laughs> and it's like the wire man you gotta respect people's corners so i'm um, you know yeah, i'm, trying to, I'm up on my new groove
3: oh yeah the, we'll by the way the, tonight, though. the wire hbo max you can go stream those There's sure the a free plug for wire fans Boom. uh nick how are you doing my friend how's everything going I'm good, man. Saw my parents again this weekend. You know, they're, they're going to become fixtures at the house now. <laughs> they know how to get here and, you know, in a post-vaccine world for them there. They're living it up. So, you know, it's good family time this weekend. That's awesome, man. Good to hear, man. I'm, I'm actually heading back to the New York area next week, so I'm super excited to start heading back. Um, moving company came today and everything. Uh, all of this stuff is great for our listeners. They're going to love all this. But um, as we transition into, you know, we don't really have a topic for tonight um because there's so much happening in the world of news politics um every day there's a mass shooting in this country um and by the way mass shooting consists of at least two to three victims or more and there was recently one in austin there's been the fedex shooting that happened i believe in indianapolis um I mean, there's just so many that you lose track it's unbelievable what's going on in this country and then you talk about Uh, There's one state in particular that has had like a monsoon of news that has been coming out of there from uh, voting rights legislation that may be passed that may make it harder for people to vote, um, an actor that's potentially running for governor in 2022, uh, an immigrant crisis at the border of people that are trying to come into this country and flee their their countries. Uh, There's so much going on and I'm talking about the world of Texas and so We really wanted to dive into some of the news that's going on in the state of Texas. So Jessica Coggins is going to be joining us today. She's a features and opinions editor for the Texas Signal. So you can check out all the work at TexasSignal.com. Excuse me. Um, She does some fantastic work there, uh, writing about, like I mentioned, all of the news that's going on related to Texas. And there's so much, Nick, like I just mentioned. I mean, just in one state, man, like uh, Matthew McConaughey with the gubernatorial run potentially in 2022, and he's polling right. higher. Yeah, seriously. And he's polling higher than the current governor, Greg Abbott. Um, mm-hmm. We talked about the border stuff. Uh, you know, corporations, just like they did in Atlanta, Georgia, they're doing it now in, te- in Dallas, Texas. You're seeing some corporations that are against the legislation that may pass to make it harder for some constituents to vote so what do you make of everything that's going on not only in the news but w- what i mentioned in the state of texas
1: you know texas has been fascinating for so many reasons but over the recent years and i'll use a personal example here i've had at least a few friends at least three off the top of my head that have all moved to texas over the last five years for a variety of reasons mostly professional yes yeah, and what they all saw especially in the 2020 election was They didn't feel like outcasts as being Democrats. They felt that, and they're all in major cities. I've got two buddies in Houston, one in Austin, and the major cities in Texas represent what we're seeing in major cities in other parts of the country. You know, there is a, I wouldn't quite call it a blue wave, but there is a a presence of more left-minded, more progressive people, uh, which again makes you know Jessica's appearance tonight even better. Um, But you know, Texas is just interesting because. You know, we've seen polling data that tells us that it's when we say Texas is a red state, we don't mean it in the same way that we think about um, you know states in the southeast that we consider red states. So Texas is fascinating, not to mention the fact that you've got so many businesses from the coasts moving to Texas because it's cheaper land. You know, yeah. Silicon Valley is starting to get a little more desert like as it moves into places like Houston and San Antonio and and you know and Austin. City, yeah, thank you. Um, not to mention you've got UT in Austin. I mean, one of the more you know predominant uh, schools in you know college athletics. So you have that presence there of a diversity of opinions. Not to mention the fact, and as the non Latino on the show, I'll be the one to throw this out there. But you know, Latinos in Texas, you look at you know their voting history, and you compare that to what we're seeing with uh, Latinos in Florida. It's a fascinating place to be. It's a fascinating place to study and. And I'm I'm like two minutes into this. I haven't even talked about the winter storm that hit, you know, freezing temperatures and infrastructure in the state that was not designed and never could have been to consider this. But then you hear all these wild stories of, you know, Texas operates literally off the grid. They had their own, you know, electrical structure that way that failed them miserably. And in the midst of all this, this governor is basically trying to treat them politically as an even further red state, which seems to run to fly in the face of what actually Texas may be which may be more moderate right
3: yeah you know as as you were saying all that I I was thinking back to when we thought of uh inviting somebody on to discuss this and you start looking at the news and you go hey where did this happen oh in Austin hey where's this oh this is in Texas oh this is in Houston oh wait this and I'm like all of these things are adding up we need somebody to come on the show that's really in tune not only to local politics and in the state but also Everything else that's going on, you know, we, we didn't touch on a couple of things there, right? Major League Baseball moving the All-Star game out of Atlanta, Georgia to Colorado. But Major League Baseball only has one team this year that is at full capacity during COVID. And that is the Texas Rangers. And I don't know if that's, you know, an anomaly or if it's, you know, something that Texas has decided that we can all return back to normalcy while every other uh, baseball stadium is operating at 10 to 20, maybe even 30% capacity. I think there's one or two teams in that area. So we didn't even get into that. You mentioned the storm. You mentioned the politics of Texas. I mean, everyone knows Senator Ted Cruz. You, you got representative Louis Gomer. I mean, there's just so much news that has come out of the world of Texas. And then, like I mentioned, the, the mass shooting you know that happened in Austin and the suspect being apprehended. So We're going to get into all of it today, and we can't wait to talk to Jessica and find out more too about all the work that Texas signal is doing Nick, before we get going with today's episode, do you experience digital eye strain from too much blue light exposure from digital screens? Hell yeah, I do. I'm on screens too damn long, man. This pandemic is killing me. I'm constantly doing everything on screens. Well, let me tell you something, Nick, because I may have a solution Baxter blue glasses Are not your average frames, my friend. These blue light lenses filter 80% of the high energy blue light, eliminating 99% of the glare. The glare, 99% of the glare, Nick. Wiped out. Yep. The past year, we've all been glued to our devices more than ever, as the copy tells me to note to host to tell a story. And our exposure to digital light has soared, and our eyes and our sleep are suffering as a result. Nick, how many hours, uh, uh, by the way, this is just a random question, but how many hours of sleep are you getting a night? probably like i got a baby man it's gotta be like five of them lucky five or five to six hours a night yeah i'm, I'm probably in the same boat uh, my daughter wakes up at 6 a.m and this is perfect for baxter blue glasses but baxter blue is also a force for good nick and provides a pair of reading glasses for someone in need for every pair sold okay because i know your eyes are strained so this is the eyewear that's built for our digital age and baxter blue is giving our listeners 10 percent off your next purchase of blue light sleep or even kids glasses, Nick. Okay. you click the link in our show notes for the exclusive discount folks. So all you got to do right now, if you're listening to us on whatever podcast platform you use, check out the episode notes. You'll see a link there for Baxter blue, and you can buy these Baxter blue glasses and get your 10% off because we know you will love your Baxters. And we know that you will feel the difference. Like I mentioned at the top, our guest for today, she's the features and opinions editor at the Texas Signal. Check out all her work at texassignal.com. She's the host of the Tex Mix podcast available wherever you get your podcast. And that is Jessica Coggins. Jessica, Mike, Leon, Nick Saveri, thank you so much for hopping on with us today.
0: Yeah, thanks so much for having me.
3: Absolutely. Um, You know, before you came on and I was telling you this off air, you know, we were talking about everything that's going on in the the United States uh, from COVID, the mass shootings that have been happening. And just as recently, there was a mass shooting obviously in the state of Texas uh, in Austin where three people were killed and the suspect was recently apprehended. Whenever we get to these mass shootings, uh, and I always feel like Texas, sometimes they've been in the news involved in these shootings and we always get back to gun control and that national conversation. It feels like it's a cultural discussion though in Texas. Does the discussion on guns have to change in order to win over more Texans to support gun legislation. Like where, where are Texans on this side of the gun argument? Because obviously it looks like they're on one side.
0: No, that is true. Um, and certainly Texas is a place where you have this large culture of guns. And actually our legislature in a Texas house, they recently passed a bill. It was a permitless carry bill where you would not need a permit in order to carry a gun. Um, it does look like that will probably not happen in the Texas Senate. So I, I think that bill might be done with for now. But I mean, that kind of illustrates where we are in Texas. I mean, I, I don't know about y'all, but I don't necessarily want to go to a Chipotle and be afraid that someone is going to be next to me armed. Um, but this is, this is kind of what we have in Texas. And that, that is not to say that, you know, I, I grew up in a family where I had some family members that liked to hunt. Um, But I mean, they were very careful with their guns. They were always locked away. I I never saw them as a child and they knew how to handle them. So that's a whole different discussion than necessarily just having someone without a permit carrying their gun around a McDonald's or a Chipotle or a movie theater. uh, A lot of places where you don't necessarily think you need to be armed.
1: You know, when we think about Texas, you know, and what we're doing right here is sort of demystifying, you know, what we identify with the state. I think I imagine you run into that often, like when the conversation comes up about Texas. But when we think about, you know, the recent election in 2020, and, you know, there's now the the thinking about, I mean, Trump won like 52%, it's not by much, but there's this feeling that the state's starting to go purple, or at the very least, talking about Texas as a red state is a different conversation than talking about red states that we see in the, in the Southeast, particularly like Alabama, Mississippi, things like that. Am I onto to something with that assumption? Is Texas a larger discussion politically than we think of when we think of quote unquote red states?
0: Yeah, I, th- I think you're very correct there. I mean, it's a different state than when I grew up here. And I, I live in Dallas and, you know, this state uh, this city has been blue for, for quite some time. It's a majority minority city. A lot of our urban areas are like that. Uh, and you're right, uh, so President, Tr- uh, former President Trump uh, won this state by less than six points. Um, so it's a closer battleground state than Iowa or Ohio. And it was like that also in 2016. Um, in 2018, Beto O'Rourke ran for Senate and came within about three points. That was the best showing for a Democrat in, in years in Texas. So it, it does, I think, have this tendency to, to be purple Obviously in 2020, it did not go the way of say Arizona or Georgia. Um, and, and you can sort of see what those states are now doing in, in terms of voter suppression bills, which in Texas is certainly uh, there too. Um, but yeah, no, I think it is on sort of a national scale, a place where people are, are trying to figure out like, what, what is this? And it, and it is so large that it, it's hard to, to sort of, to understand in, in just sort of one political lens.
1: If I, if you had an opportunity to speak to, you know, now new DNC chairperson Jim Harrison, obviously famous from his election, you know, in or losing election, unfortunately, in South Carolina, what advice would you offer the DNC to to reframe Texas and to put it more so in play to potentially to go to go blue in twenty twenty four?
0: I think Texas is a place that has just been under resourced. Um, at the Texas Signal, I, I wrote an article a few weeks ago that uh, was looking at the Rio Grande Valley. And there were a lot of stories nationally about the RGV, about how, how Trump you know, did so well. And a lot of these places, we're focusing in on places like Zapata County, uh, which actually uh, did vote for for Donald Trump. One small problem is that Zapata County actually isn't in the RGV, it's just right, right north of it. Um, so that's sort of from the get-go, sort of people not understanding Texas. And so with Joe Biden, he actually improved upon Hillary Clinton's numbers in the two largest counties in the Rio Grande Valley. However, just the vote share that Donald Trump received did increase. And I think there are conversations to be had about why that happened. I think there were certain things specific to his character, Uh, the fact that he was a businessman, a lot of people associated him with success. I I think his his attitude did did appeal to certain residents there. Um, But sort of, you know, that to that conversation about that underinvestment, even from the Democratic Party, uh, you know, I was talking with folks that, uh, you know, they couldn't get anybody to spend money on local consultants to save their lives. So you will have people sort of parachuting in, um, you know, they won't even know really about Houston. They'll pronounce it like a like a New York City Houston Street or, uh, you know, they, they won't kind of know.
1: <laughs> I'm going to have to bomb here. It's, it shouldn't be Houston anyway. <laughs> <Not Superman laughs> that, that,
0: that did trip me up when I, when I lived in New York City the first time and I, I felt like that huge shame of, of being like a a, a recent, uh, a recent uh, resident there. Um, but no, so I think that this is an area where if you invested in, you know, in the RGV, they're, they're sort of saying, hey, you know, if you want to do well in 2022, you got to have people on the ground here at least August this year. And you sort of see that kind of everywhere where you just have to have people coming in, spending the money, I think, in local areas, having those conversations with folks on the ground. So that would be my advice uh, to, to Jamie Harrison, although I'm sure he's getting that from, from a lot of places around the country.
3: Yeah, I'm sure he is. You know, there's a couple of things there that you touched on that I wanted to ask you one uh, in particular, because I, I saw something recently that you posted on Twitter about some of the corporations, especially in Dallas, that are opposing uh, some legislation that may make it harder for people to vote. We saw what Major League Baseball did in Atlanta with shifting the All-Star Game over uh, to Denver. So take our audience a little bit through what the legislation is that is before either the Texas Senate or what they're actually talking and and what uh, what it actually does for voter rights in the state of Texas. And then on the flip side, what corporations are doing to maybe put pressure on some of these uh, political figures
0: sure uh, so there are sort of two dual bills that are happening in the legislature one on the house side one on the senate side um, and they are enacting some some pretty draconian policies uh, so they would full out eliminate 24-hour voting or drive-through voting that was implemented to great effect in harris county harris county is where houston is located um, and and you think about you know last year uh, when we are still in this there there was a there's a pandemic Uh, And so, naturally, that affected people's ability to get to the polls. And in terms of that 24-hour voting, uh, you know, that happened over a weekend where you could imagine people who are service industry employees, people who work at hospitals, people who have sort of non-traditional hours, that was a huge thing for them to be able to do. Uh, So that is on the table. This would also, the legislation would allow basically any partisan poll watcher to be able to... If they suspect someone of, of being suspicious, they, they'd be able to record them at a polling location. Um, so this is kind of a large bill that as has actually had a lot of corporations denouncing it. American Airlines and Dell were sort of the, the principal ones. And in, in Dallas, there, there was a uh, rally at at and headquarters. Um, but yeah, so those two those bills are are looking like they they very well could pass, um, and there there has been though uh, you know corporations that that have denounced that, and uh, you know to your point, uh, I think Major League Baseball did take a stand with with what they did in Georgia, and I think you're even starting to see some productions actually moving out of Georgia. Um, now we don't we don't quite have that that uh, that filming. Uh, filming landscape that
1: they do there. But, but we'll see. You know, Texas, before you came on, Jessica, one thing Mike and I were talking about was, you know, I mean, personal experience for me, I've had at least three friends. And I currently live in Pennsylvania, but I grew up in New Jersey. Three friends all from New Jersey had moved for a variety of reasons to Texas, mostly for professional reasons. And it seemed like Texas was starting to draw a from the coasts, you know, mostly for cheaper land, but with those companies coming over is also the political viewpoints of those employees. It seems like the voting, what's going on with voting, what seems to be, you know, the response, like Governor Abbott's response to COVID, like all this seems to be retrograde to what's happening from a business landscape to Texas is actually blowing up actually in from an industry standpoint in terms of Silicon Valley, things like that. How does that all sort of mix together when we think of the future of where Texas is going, both politically and just vocationally, but would also that conservative ideology of trying to maintain Texas to be essentially, you know, positioning itself voting wise to what's worked to keep um, conservatives in power?
0: There has been a, certainly a lot of tension. Um, so I sort of mentioned that the Dallas and the, the large urban areas have, have been blue and been that way for quite some time, but the suburban areas have changed a lot. So up in uh, North Dallas, a lot of companies have come there, Fri-to-La, Toyota. Toyota was a very recent move there. And so that has really sort of transformed those areas. Uh, so for folks that might've heard of like Plano or McKinney, uh, these areas that, you know, when I was a child, not many people live there, but now they are actually starting to attract those those businesses and those communities. So that has certainly, I think, changed things. And it is very interesting. I think a lot of Republicans, particularly our governor, they they always like to make the point about how, oh, you know, Texas, you know, we're so much better than California. And that's why people are are moving to California or moving from California to here. So when you have something like the winter storm that occurred two months ago, where millions of people lost power, our electrical grid couldn't even handle that, um, that I think was kind of embarrassing and maybe has, I think, shifted a little bit of the conversation in how these Republicans in Texas are trying to talk about our state.
1: I'm glad you brought up the winter storm because when we think about news in Texas, it's one of the most shocking things we've seen is that, you know, freezing temperatures, obviously in the Southern state, you don't expect that to happen, but it has. And the response in terms of what the grid and the infrastructure, what it tells us about the state since that, you know, since that storm has passed, what has been, what have you seen on the ground in terms of the reaction to that? And, you know, what, what discussions are there about potentially re rethinking the way the grid and infrastructure designed in Texas?
0: Right. So I think I speak for a lot of Texans when I didn't even know we were not on this, this grid, that we had our own sort of grid. Um, so that was, I think, number one, a shock. And then, you know, as I, I talk with people who are outside of Texas about that storm, they are just absolutely dumbstruck that this, this could happen, you know, in the, in the 21st century. Um, I, I was actually very lucky. I, I did not lose any power um, I was the only one, though, out of the Texas Signal staff who who was like that. Um, so pretty much every coworker I knew lost power at some point. Uh, several were under water boil advisories for days. Um, you know that's been a big thing for candidates who I think are running either this year or in twenty twenty two. Looking at what happened in their communities, um, and and you had I think a lot of Republicans that sort of initially reacted very callously. Um, Greg Abbott was on Fox News the Monday of that storm, I think, blaming Alexandria Ocasio Cortez and the Green New Deal. Um, I'm a political reporter in Texas, and I can tell you we don't have the Green New Deal (laughs) here. So that was very, very um, interesting. And then I think sort of infamously uh, Ted Cruz making his way to, to Cancun was I think um, that really I think you, United a lot of people in this state at their ire towards towards what happened
3: uh, no love uh, for fled Cruz on this ship yes yeah, seriously uh, Ted Cruz um, we're gonna save that for the patreon portion of this um <laughs> but I want to I want to ask you something there because you just touched on Governor Abbott and recent polling has shown that Matthew McConaughey that's we're really right. we're doing this Matthew McConaughey is leading by 12 percentage points if he were to run for governor of the state of Texas in 2022. First off, is that real? Is Matthew McConaughey going to make a serious run for governor? And then two, what are the politics of Matthew McConaughey? Like, Why why do we always have this where we have um, people in the entertainment space that feel like they could run for political office what what differentiates and i know matthew mcconaughey has been very civically engaged recently what differentiates matthew mcconaughey from any other uh, person that has tried this you're seeing jessica just received by the way she's about to give you the <laughs> business or i don't know what's about to happen but yeah i'm sitting back she, she, she's got the book got coming no out plan. i think well, she got
0: well,
1: out. well ah there it is oh, yeah. so, out um, the green,
3: green lights I, Shout out
0: I, the book. I think when you're trying to find uh the political leanings of, of Matthew McConaughey you're not going to get anywhere and I can tell you I'm about 50 pages into this and you're not going to find it here either <laughs> um, I'll, I'll, I'll shout out to my friends at the Texas Book Festival who who supplied yeah. supplied me with this
3: well, at least you did the deep dive already so
0: <laughs> well it, it is funny we talk about this a lot at the Texas signal so so last year uh, one of my my colleagues uh, he he was kind of interested in, in thinking about Matthew McConaughey running and you know, we were kind of like, all right, William, if you want to write this piece, and you know, slowly but surely, there has been this constant drumbeat of people asking whether or not he is going to run. I, I will say, I have been very skeptical about this until the winter storm, actually, and that is when I did start to maybe hear a little change of tone in the way he was talking. Um, so, in 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 this book, he does sort of detail that he has kind of reached all of the milestones he thought he was going to reach. Uh, he, he won an Academy Award, he is married, he has children. Everything he wanted to achieve, he has achieved. So in his mind, I think he needs to now have something else to achieve. And I think a normal person would sort of say, I don't know, I, I listened to your, your episode about the explorer, so I was like, you know, maybe you wanna to go to like Mount Kilimanjaro uh, but no, I think Matthew McConaughey, who has never shown any political ideology, is maybe looking to become the governor of the second largest state in, the, in, the, in this country. Um, and you're right, there was a Dallas Morning News poll that, that did show he, he had about 45% of the vote for registered voters. Um, as far as I can tell, he has really shown sort of no political viewpoints Um, In Texas, we actually, uh, we don't have party registration. So as far as anyone can tell, the last time he voted in a primary was 2012. That's about it.
3: We'll see how it turns out for him, because I think it's interesting, for sure. And this is somebody who is living in the state of Florida right now. So the world of interesting lives down here. (laughs) (laughs) Jessica, tell us about the Texas Signal. You know, you're all working for a,
1: you know, for a media outlet. Um, and in this day and age right now, when we think about media conglomerates, you know, larger organizations, I mean, we spoke about at and a moment ago, or you both did, but um, how are you all, how are you all doing? Like, what is, what is the organization looking like? Is it growing in its prominence? Is it, you know, looking at the landscape of other you know, smaller media outlets? Like, how are you all faring right now?
0: Sure. Um, so the Texas uh, Texas Signal is relatively new. It was started in 2019. Basically, as kind of a counter to the large right-wing media atmosphere that exists in Texas. Uh, so we are the largest progressive media company. Uh, it has grown substantially. I, I have been there now a little less than a year. I think I, I have my uh, one-year anniversary in May. And uh, it, it has been very fulfilling. Um, I have not actually met most of my coworkers yet. We do everything (laughs) via Zoom, like many, many companies do. Uh, But I'm hopeful that in the coming weeks, we'll actually be able to sort of properly uh, get together. Um, But no, it has been very, very um, challenging, but I think it's, it's something that we always knew that it would be a lot to sort of create anything like exists for conservatives in this state. And we're trying to do our part Uh, So we do have several podcast platforms, we have the website, we try and do a lot on social media as well. And, you know, just basically, hold, uh, hold accountable a lot of our state leaders.
3: Well, you know, it's a perfect segue, because we had Olivia Troy on another Texas uh, woman who obviously reported to Vice President Pence, she's now the director of the accountability project, Check them out at accountability.gop, free plug for her. But um, she came on the show telling us about, you know, what it meant to be a conservative, right? And Nick likes to say this phrase, so I'm going to use it because I love it. For a moment of literacy for our listeners, watchers out there, what does it mean to be a progressive?
0: That is, I think, a $64,000 question. That's uh, why you'll I asked probably, it. <laughs> you will probably ask like t- 20 different progressives, and they'll have different things. Uh, you know, for me, uh, you know, being in Texas, uh, we have been a state that I think has, has really failed a lot of our community. You know, we lead the, the nation in the number of uninsured. One in five Texans lacks health insurance. We have the highest rate of childhood poverty our infrastructure is severely lacking. We just had a winter storm uh, where people lost power. People died, I mean, about 200 people throughout the state died, um, you know, hypothermia, uh, carbon monoxide poisoning, uh, these really devastating things that should absolutely not be happening. Uh, You know, throughout the COVID-19 pandemic, uh, we have had some really horrific think cases and and sort of communities that have been ravaged by a disease that, you know, with simple preventative measures, it didn't have to be that way. Uh, so for me, I think being a progressive is just asking that this state cares as much about us as we do about our state.
3: Uh, Jessica Coggins at TexasSignal.com, check out all her work there. Uh, we appreciate you coming on the show today. Also, check out Text Mix Podcasts, available wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Oh, thank you. All right. That was Texas Signal features and opinion editor Jessica Coggins. Go check out TexasSignal.com and that podcast, like I mentioned, Text Mix Podcasts, available wherever you get your podcasts. So many topics in the state of Texas. Head over to our Patreon page. We talked to Jessica about. Um, some of the absurdities of Ted Cruz uh, flying on a plane to Cancun. What's going on with Major League Baseball and the Texas Rangers being at 100 percent capacity while the rest of uh, the American baseball teams are operating at 10 to 20 percent fan attendance. Nick, there's so much in the state of Texas, man. I, You know, I, I breezed over. That mass shooting that happened in Austin, which is terrible, um, but we talked about gun control and gun reform. Always seems to rear its head, especially with Texas. Um, you know, like I mentioned about the COVID restrictions have been lifted there. Um, the bill that they're looking to pass for voter rights. Like, what are some topics that that, that you took, or at least uh, your takeaway from the discussion?
1: You know, large state Texas, large slate of of opportunities for for discussion. And you know what we did with Jessica today was just go through all of them you know for for listeners of our show if you are someone who is either recently moved to Texas or you're you know visiting out there or just want to be curious about the Lone Star State yeah. Jessica Jessica does basically like a dummy's guide to Texas politics which was much appreciated by a political dummy like I am um but we go all over the place you know and 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 deservedly so it's a it's a large state but it's not as we talked about the view of Texas as a quote-unquote red state is a very different conversation than when we talk about other states and particularly in the southeast that we quote that we consider quote unquote red and jessica just expands on all of that it just takes us through a tour of the state and a and better understanding actually what's going on i mean she referenced many times like at the state legislature level there are things happening bills being passed bills not being passed it's right. that is not necessarily getting the appropriate level of scrutiny from the national media and i think that's why it's important that's why we do this on the show Talk to people on the ground. Talk to people who actually know what they're talking
3: about. Yeah. We always try to keep it informative, folks, and bring you somebody that's going to give you not only their take on the topic, but, you know, bring some fact and substance into it. Jessica does a great job. TexasSignal.com. Check out all the work that they're doing there. Uh, Speaking of stuff, you can check out on a dot com. You head to YouTube.com. Can we please talk podcast? You enter it in. You hit subscribe you follow us as nick was smashing the button audio platforms you know them by now apple spotify google and the rest were available now on amazon music so all you got to say is alexa please play can we please talk podcast it works and she'll, and she'll serve that right up for you ig TikTok, twitter please follow us at can we please talk podcast email us at can we please talk podcast at yahoo.com if you want to discuss a fan topic and head over to our patreon page to subscribe for more bonus content as always i'm mike leon And I'm grateful for our Patreon users and everything else we do in this program. I'm Dick Saveri. Take care, everybody. Have a good one.